Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. We had a great month in the month of January. We've just finished up some meetings in Canton, Georgia at Dream Church, and we had some wonderful, wonderful miracles that took place. Two of those that really stood out to me was a man who came in with an oxygen tank. He was breathing with the oxygen, and his blood oxygen levels, he said, without the oxygen, was in the low 80s. Well, we laid hands on him and went on and ministered to some other people, and at the end of the service, I went toward the back, and he had brought his son in as well. His son has some physical issues. And I was just sitting back there with my hands on him, just, just ministering over him. And I noticed that the dad didn't have the tubes in his nose. And so I asked him how his breathing was doing. And he said that his blood oxygen levels, he showed me the meter, his blood oxygen levels without the oxygen was now in the mid-90s. He said without the oxygen before, it would usually be in the low 80s. So he needed the oxygen. And, uh, but after we had administered to him, he began to notice that his blood oxygen levels had begun going up, and so he took the, the oxygen tube out. And so he was able to leave without having to use the oxygen. So at the end of the service, I'm up there sharing this testimony, and there's a gentleman sitting on the very front row. He raises his hands and says, hey, I have a testimony too. He said, as you were sharing that, I looked down to read out of my Bible and noticed I didn't need my glasses. He said, typically I have an extra large print Bible because of, of needing reading glasses. And he said, but I brought this one. He had traveled from a little ways away. And he said, I had the smaller one with me. And he said, it's real fine print. And he said, I went down to read it. And, and I looked and he had his glasses sitting beside him on his chair because he was using them. He said, I just realized I don't need them anymore. And so he began to read out of that very small, fine print Bible for all of us to show he didn't need his glasses anymore. And it was so neat because he said, he said, Chad, I wasn't praying for this, believing for this, expecting for this. It just happened. I just, as you were sharing the testimony, I looked down and read out my Bible. And I just love this because this is what we've been pushing for, for healing just to be very natural and normal. You know, it should be a thing that when we get together, we get together in the presence of God, hearing the word of God, we should see miracles. Like something's wrong when we get together and we get together for that, that particular purpose and we aren't experiencing things. But we need to be pressing, and this is what we're pressing and pushing for, to experience these things. What we're doing in all these meetings is very, just actually very simple. We're, we've got two, two motives. Number one, we want people to understand who they are in Christ, their true identity, and help change their mindset and, and see the new normal and reality that became ours when we became one with Christ. And number two, we want to help people experience God, to become aware and conscious of God. So that they learn how to do that in those moments so that they can do it on their own when they're at home or at work or, you know, wherever they may be, so they can experience God. That's what Christianity was all about, what it's supposed to be about. Not rules and religion, but a real true relationship, fellowship, and experience with God. And we have some great meetings coming up here in the month of February. I'd highly encourage you, if you can, come out to these. We've just been experiencing great revelation and great manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Uh, February 4th through the 6th, we're going to be at Living Water 
Christian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. February 19th, we'll be at Worship Revival Church in Hollister, Missouri, just a small suburb of Branson, Missouri. And then I'm so excited to get to be back at Houston Faith Church in Houston, Texas. That's the very last weekend of February. Uh, we'll be doing two services that Sunday. Last year we were there, I believe it was back in May, and saw tremendous, tremendous moves of God take place in those meetings. Lots and lots of people got healed. It was like popcorn just going off in that building. It was so much fun, and I'm very much looking forward to being there again. And we have the, the same expectation and even greater expectations for more things to happen. So it's just been great, very humbling seeing people coming in from all over the country into these various meetings. So if you can, we'd love to have you there. If you come, make sure come up and say hello. We'd love to shake your hand, give you a hug, and especially if you're a partner with us. That's what's been so uh, great for me. Those are the partners that, that I've seen names and actually get to see faces uh, in these meetings. Um, so, and hey, if you are a partner with us, thank you. Thank you so very much. It's to me that the greatest gift anyone can give is the gift of trust. And so if you're a partner with us, thank you for trusting us with your finances and your seeds that you're sowing. Uh, we endeavor to be great, great stewards of the things that are coming our way. And so we basically have two projects that we put these toward. We have Project Go, and that helps to fund all of our travel expenses for any church that we go to, whether it's in the U.S. or whether it's internationally, just so we can remove those expenses from the church and just do everything we can to, to be a tremendous blessing to that church. And then the other project we have is called Books Around the World. And Books Around the World, that enables us to make translations of our core books for any country that we're going into. So that way, when those pastors come, and those in those international countries, when the pastors come, we have something to be able to, to sow into them and put in their hands so they can take that back to their churches. We may not be able to be in that person's home, but we can reach them through that book. And so that's been something that's been on my heart, a vision of ours, to take the, these four or five books that we have and get those translated. So, so those two projects, Books Around the World and Project Go. And so if you're a partner with Chad Gonzalez Ministries, a Dream Team partner, that's what you're helping us to do. And so if you'd like to be a partner with us, all you got to do is go to our website, chadgonzalez.com, and you can follow those links right up there with Dream Team, and it'll take you there and you can hook up with us. And we would very, very much appreciate it and be very honored and humbled to have you as a part of our team. Praise the Lord. Hey, let's get into our message for this month. I want to talk about being healed by our imagination. Now, I know that's, that may sound a little sketchy to you, but listen to me. I understand that ultimately, yes, we're healed by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus provided it. But there's some things in here in regards to us walking in healing, receiving our healing, getting your healing as far as the, the manifestation of it in the flesh. And I want to talk about that a little bit today in regards to our imagination. You don't hear much about our imagination in church. I remember as a kid, we were talked to about our imagination and youth, but it was always from the standpoint of sin. But I want you to understand, God gave us our imagination. I truly believe that our imagination is a doorway into the supernatural. It's just not talked about much, but I've been doing a lot of, of meditating on this. I truly believe it's something that the Lord is trying to open up a door and show me some more things. And so I just want to share some things with you this month in regards to your imagination and healing. In Matthew chapter 5, and verse 27, Jesus said, 
Your ancestors have been taught never commit adultery. However, I say to you, if you look with lust in your eyes at a woman who is not your wife, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Notice Jesus says that if you have had this imagination, if you've had this in your mind, it's the very same thing as the physical act. Jesus is letting us know that, number one, you can sin with your thoughts. Now, most of us understand that. There's things that we think about, but Jesus is letting us know that just because you're thinking about it doesn't give you a pass. Now, you know, in this natural realm, just because you had the thought of killing somebody, that's not going to put you in prison. It's the physical act. But Jesus is letting us know that in the spirit, what you do with your imagination is the same thing as the physical act. Jesus said, if you have the imagination of it in the spirit, it's the same thing as a physical act. Now, if you can sin in your thoughts, now listen, stay, stick with me here. If you can sin in your thoughts, then you can also get sick in your thoughts. How is that? Well, ultimately, we know that sin and sickness, there's a relationship there. There's, there's a connection. We see when Jesus is talking to the lame man, and he's talking about what's easier, to be healed or to be forgiven. There's a connection there. We don't have time to, to really get into that today, but there's a connection there. And in reality, sickness and disease, it's really just sin in the body. Now, I'm not saying if you're sick, it's because you sinned, but you have to understand that, that the very root of sickness and disease is sin, the sin of Adam, which produced the curse in this world. Sickness is, is really just a byproduct of sin, the curse in this world. Well, if you can sin in your thoughts, then you can also get sick in your thoughts. If seeing yourself sick, imagining yourself sick, or being worried about being sick, if that can produce things in your body, and we know that it can, we see this in the psychological side. Think about this. There's a, I had seen this when I, when I was in college. I've got a, a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in counseling. And, and I remember looking at this years ago, and I was looking at this just a few days ago. It's called medical student syndrome. Sometimes it's referred to as, as intern syndrome or medical school syndrome. But it's basically where students, as they're studying these diseases, they begin to experience the symptoms of it. There's a man by the name of Dr. Brian Hodges. He noted this in an issue of the Journal of Curriculum Theory. He said they noticed this beginning to happen in the 1960s. They said that the dream content of year two medical students frequently involved a preoccupation with personal illness. They said many dreams, these people, they suffered illnesses of the heart, the eyes, the bowels, and many other things. Learning about the disease created a mental schema or a representation of the illness, and it included the label of the illness and the symptoms associated with the condition. Isn't that interesting? There was another study found in 1998 in The Lancet by Dr. Oliver Howes, and they reported the findings of two studies that examined this condition. And one of the studies, it claimed that approximately 70% of medical students had groundless medical fears during their studies. And, you know, I talked about this in one of our healing talks recently, and I had a couple of people message me that were medical students told me they actually experienced this themselves. Why? Because they're looking at this, they're studying it, and the more their thoughts are on it, their imagination is on it, they begin to experience it. Now, if that can happen that way, let's take it even further when it comes to fear. You know as well as I do that when you begin to use your imagination, now we don't talk about it that way, but when you get fearful, 
when you're stressed and anxious. Why is that? Well, it's because your mind has been going all over the place about the the worst case scenarios about what could happen. If you lost your job and there's a depression or a recession and what are you going to do? Or, you know, if you got COVID, I'm going to die and what's going to happen to my kids? And your body begins to respond to those things. Well, why is that? Because what we do with our soul, friends, listen to me, what we do with our soul will determine what we actually experience. Jesus said that what you do with your thoughts, it's the same thing as the physical act in the spirit. In the spirit, the thought is just as real as an action in the flesh. Now, I'm not talking about just casual thoughts that come, okay? There's lots of thoughts that come our way. I'm talking about the thoughts that we allow our imagination to run with. But this is why we're given specific instruction in the Bible into what to do with our imagination. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, the Apostle Paul says this, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We are to bring every thought into captivity through the obedience of Christ. So why do I need to take these thoughts captive? Well, these are cursed thoughts. And what I mean by cursed thoughts are these thoughts that are a part of the normal of our world. These thoughts of like, you know, during the, the winter season, fall season, that it's flu season. And it's just normal to get the flu. It's normal to get a cold. That in the spring, it's allergy season. It's just normal to get allergies. These thoughts that's normalized that, you know, I'm just getting older. And as I get older, it means I'm going to lose my mind or get more decrepit or I'm going to have to walk on a cane or use a wheelchair. That's why you see people have birthday parties. And when they're having a birthday party in their 40s or 50s, you see people bring out the black balloons and, and try to be funny. They think it's funny. Actually, they're cursing themselves, but they think it's funny. And they're having pictures and sometimes even wheelchairs, actual wheelchairs and canes. You can talk about going over the hill. Well, that may be normal for the cursed person. And when I say curse, I'm talking about the sinner, that person who's operating according to the curse because that's what's normal for them. But as a Christian, we became a brand new creation in Christ. Old things passed away. A new life has begun. It's not just a new life that I get to live when I go to heaven. It's a new life that I get to live right now. And because things change in the spirit for me, and as a result, things are to change for me in the physical. But what I do with my soul is going to determine if I'm going to experience the blessing of God or I'm going to experience the curse. I've been saying it for a while now. And I'll continue to say it, and that you can be saved in your spirit. But if you have cursed thinking, you're still going to have cursed results. Why? Because your soul and your spirit are very much connected. If I do not take these thoughts captive, they're going to take me captive. Whatever I put my imagination on, that is what I will eventually experience. And in the area of sin and sickness, it is the very same thing. Sickness in reality, it's just sin in the flesh. Again, I'm not saying that if you're sick, it's because you sin. Now, there are some situations which that could be the case, and there is scripture for it. But just because someone is sick doesn't mean that they've sinned, because there's also scripture for that. But what I'm talking about, again, is sickness at the very root of it is sin. Adam's sin, which resulted in the curse in this world. So if I could sin with my imagination, well, then I can get sick with my imagination, because ultimately, They're the same thing. And in reality, nobody wants to talk about this, but in reality, if I can sin with my imagination, well, worry is sin. Fear is sin. 
Me being in fear of being sick. What is that? That's sin. Me being worried about getting sick. What is that? That's sin. Me being worried about getting COVID. Me being in fear about having a heart attack. Me being fear about having cancer because my grandfather had cancer or my grandmother had cancer or my mother or father had cancer. Me being in fear about those things, it's sin. And sin does what Jesus said. It's no different in the physical because this is what's going on in the spiritual. Why? Because our spirit and our soul are connected. Now, we understand we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. And that's very much true. But there's also a truth here that we've been missing out on and that our spirit and our soul are very much connected. Yes, we are a, 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 a tri person. There's three pieces to us. But in reality, our spirit and soul are so vitally connected that the only thing that could separate them is the word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 tells us that our soul and our spirit are so intertwined, they're separate, they're distinct, but they're so intertwined that the only thing that could separate them is the Word. Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. That lets me know they're, they're so connected. They're separate, but they're so connected. The only thing that could separate them so sharp, so fine that could do it is the Word. You see, when we get born again, it's our spirit that's saved. Our spirit's born again. Our body doesn't change. Our soul doesn't change. When we take our last breath on this earth, well, our physical body dies and we get a new spiritual body, but our soul stays the same. We see this with the story about the rich man and Lazarus. When the rich man was in hell and talking to Abraham across that great chasm, we see that the rich man's soul is still there. He's remembering about what was going on the earth. He's remembering about his brothers and asking, you know, to send someone to talk to his brothers. He's not only seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, he's also remembering his soul is still there. Your soul is going to go with your spirit. They're connected. They're connected. And you could look at it like this, like our spirit is the flow of water, but our soul is the dam. And your soul is going to connect you to the blessing. It's going to allow the blessing of God to flow in your life. Or your soul, you could say your imagination, it's going to stop up. It's going to be the dam that stops up the blessing and allows the curse to come and flow in your body. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 21, God's talking about the sinner and his imagination. And he said, I'll never curse the ground again for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. See, this is what happens when we're born into this world. Our imaginations are evil. Now, again, it's sad that we do this, but we automatically go to the area of sin with our imagination and in regards to doing bad things toward people or this and that. But we also have to understand that you having your imaginations in regards to sickness and disease, you having imaginations in regards to limits in this world as to what God can do, that's just as much sin and it's just as much evil as the thought of murdering someone. See, we just want to focus on those physical actions, but I'm telling you, those imaginations that you have, they'll kill you before the physical act does. That's what's happened to a lot of people that's gone on right now over these last two years in regards to COVID. The fear of it, the fear of it is what actually has produced a lot of the things that, that was going on there. The fear will kill you before the disease will. 
That has happened with so many people that I've seen and worked with and that the fear of something opened up the door for the physical manifestation of that sickness and disease. But it's not just sickness and disease. It's also in the area of poverty or prosperity. The way that you think, what you put your imaginations on, whether you're saved or not, we see this evident with very successful business people using their imagination. Friends, I'm telling you, some of the sinners are, are smarter and more wiser in spiritual things than the Christians are. They don't recognize it as spiritual, but they're using their imagination for good and seeing the results of it. Fear and faith, it works the same. If I can sin with my imagination, well, I can act righteously with my imagination. But if I can get sick with my imagination, well, then what does that tell you? I can also get healed with my imagination. If you're listening to this right now and you're experiencing sickness and disease, you've done everything that you know to do. I would encourage you, start taking some time and meditating and seeing yourself healed. If you're stuck in a wheelchair, start using your God-given imagination and start using your imagination to see yourself getting up and walking out of that wheelchair. If you are in a deathbed right now, if you're stuck on a vent right now and you're listening to this, use your imagination and see yourself breathing easily. Use your imagination seeing yourself walking out of that hospital room. If you have been diagnosed with cancer and doctors are saying you only have six months to live or two months to live, use your imagination and just start seeing yourself healed. Friends, we know how to use our imagination for evil. It's high time we start using it for righteous things. What happened, those of you that maybe you went to the doctor and you got a bad diagnosis, what did you do with your imagination at that very moment in time? What did you do? You know what you did. You sat right there and you began to imagine the worst possible scenarios. You began to imagine what's going to happen to my body, what's going to happen to my family, what's going to happen to my finances. You allowed your imagination many times to run wild. Well, all that you need to do to walk in the area of healing is to do the reverse of that. Instead of using our imagination for evil, let's use our imagination for good. Instead of using our imagination for the curse, Let's start using our imagination for the blessing. I do this for myself all the time. When I'm going, getting ready for a healing conference and healing meetings we're doing, I guarantee you, whether I'm in my office or whether I'm in the hotel room, I'm taking time and meditating and imagining, seeing myself laying hands on those people, seeing myself in that building, on that platform, and miracles taking place in that room. I use my imagination when I'm praying. And I see Jesus sitting at the throne. I don't see myself separated from him. I see myself there with him. I use my, my imagination to do these things. And I'm telling you, there's far more that we can do that God has made available to us if we'll just open up our heart to it and then begin to pursue those leadings that the Holy Spirit is leading for us to do and venture into. And I'm telling you, we'll go from glory to glory. We'll go from faith to faith. And we will literally raise the standard of Christianity to that of Jesus Christ himself. Well, friends, I trust that that encouraged you and helped you to see things from maybe a, just a different perspective, see things in a different light. I'm telling you, God has something for us to do with our imagination, and it will take you a whole lot further than what you ever thought possible. Those of you that are partners with Chad Gonzalez Ministries, thank you again so very much for trusting us and being part of the Dream Team. We hope to see you at some of our upcoming meetings. Remember that in Christ, we always win. We'll talk to you next month. Bye-bye.